0: Dude, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner, and tonight, I'm joined once again by our perennial guest host, Tim Lindbergh, for some wild, unsolicited opinions about Stevie Wonder.
1: People...
0: Yes, sir. Welcome back, dude. Good to be here, dude. All right, setting the table, this is a three by three. Sure. And your last episode was John Prine, very different, from Stevie Wonder, and we were talking about it just now. You had to have three songs, but you you didn't do that. You did six songs.
1: I don't... Yeah, I'm not like a huge rule follower, <laughs> which probably doesn't make me the, the best uh, guest host, but... I have songs to talk about for Steve. Okay. All
0: right. Well, because you're going to be the ultimate host, you're like the host host. So you have the honor of choosing their very best song and album at the end of this thing. Great. If we're going to go in order, that means I get to go first. Fine. Can we talk just for a
1: second about how much music Stevie Wonder has?
0: Yeah, we can talk for a minute. It's a lot. Did you listen? to the 2005 album,
1: probably not. But uh, it's just—it's a lot, and and like the other thing that's hard for me about Stevie is like, usually when you do these, you know, you try to get some like deep cuts, some album <laughs> right. cuts in there, and like try to, but like his hits,
0: yeah, there's are too many So big hits. great,
1: <laughs> but they're so great. Like you can't not talk
0: about. You maybe we should do like um we should have done. Several different versions of Stevie Wonder, so we could have done an an episode on like in a suit Stevie, little Stevie Wonder. We could have done an episode on dashiki Stevie Wonder with beads (laughs) in his hair, and then (laughs) little little
1: Stevie, little Stevie was great.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a ton of music, but I still think, I mean, I I like this sort of purist. We're going to get all through Stevie Wonder in one episode. It's fine,
1: great. I'm ready. I'm just saying there's a lot of music and a lot of good music and it's hard not to talk about his biggest records. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Pick your song.
0: All right. Well, now I've got to figure out what, what it should be. Okay. I know what it is. All right. I'm going to pick my number three pick, Living for the City. A boy's born in hot damn
1: Mississippi Surrounded by four walls that ain't so
0: Is this one of your picks?
1: Yeah, 100%. I I have seven or eight songs here to talk about, and this song was definitely one of them. Living just enough, just enough for the city.
0: That's a Rhodes piano, and talking about Stevie Wonder gives us an opportunity to talk about some of the... um, electric keyboards that are not synths that were prevalent, especially at this period of time in the 70s. Sure, although I'm not going to be able
1: to offer a whole lot there, but but Stevie Wonder played all the instruments on this song.
0: Oh, really? I did not know that. Well, you
1: learn something new every day, Walter.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This is in the middle of his wild uh, run of super mega hit albums, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. This is Intervisions. So this is early 70s.
0: I wonder if Music of My Mind sort of triggers that. And then it goes, there are two in 72. There's Intervisions in 73. Songs in the Key of Life in 76.
1: This is like a very gentle, minor segue, but just because you've been listening to so much rap music recently, (laughs) there's a producer called Amerigo Gazaway who did a remix project of Stevie Wonder and the rapper Common. And if you do a Google search for it, either you can find the albums to download or you can listen to it on YouTube. And the project is, it's a full album of you know, using Stevie Wonder tracks and then interplaying the vocals with common rapping, I, and just I, I I bring that up only because they did this they did a remix for this song, and it's awesome.
0: Okay, I shall check that out. You should, because you love rap music. Well, I do now, now that I know you know a thing or two.
1: This song reached number eight on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. It seems like it should have done
0: better than number eight. Don't you think? I agree with that. I feel like it's a huge hit, but this, if this is 73, maybe? what is it? I think this is from 1973.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Boy, there was a lot of good music happening at that time. And Stevie Wonder might not have been quite as mainstream in 73 as he was later on, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, maybe. I mean, what I love about this song is just like, The rhythm on this record is—you can't listen to it and not move your body or move your head a little bit. And it's just like—not a lot of people make music that you have to have a physical response to when you hear it. And um, the way this—the way the song moves to me—is just really powerful.
0: It was going to be a just straight-ahead little song until you got this. I don't know, is it a bridge section? With some interesting and jazzy harmony as well as melodic thing. Now we're getting into a skit section.
1: So, it's the general vibe here. We do with our picks in reverse order so that we fight at the end. Is that well, how it happens?
0: I know you love to fight, Tim. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I haven't, I don't want to fight with you. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Sure, yeah. And, um,
1: wow. New York, just like I pictured
0: it. I mean, wow. what you want to do is end on your favorite or the very best. Okay. All right, well, now it's your turn to pick a song. All right, well, let's
1: go backwards in time then. 1967. Oh. The album is I Was Made to Love Her, and the song is also I Was Made to Love Her.
0: Now, is this qualifying as Little Stevie? No, this
1: is not Little Stevie. This is post. He had dropped the Little Stevie moniker by this point. He was done with the Little Stevie stuff. Early on, right? Early 60s. He used to be Little Stevie Wonder. I think 1963 he dropped Little. So this was a few years older. But I just think it's a spectacular song. You know, he called it a true love song. And I just think there's a pulse to the to the track that's really compelling, and his vocals are awesome.
0: One of the things I like about it is, in the intro, the harmonica, which is such a Stevie Wonder signature that you feel, you sort of think, oh, that went away in the 70s, but we might hear one or two songs from later years that also have the harmonica. I don't know if we will or not. It'll depend on what you pick. Such a Motown product.
1: Yeah. Do you know his mother helped him write this song? Really? Yeah.
0: Good call, man.
1: All right, it's your pick.
0: All right, so I've got a bit of a conundrum here because I'm going to play... So my problem is this, Tim. I would love to have two songs from badass funk Stevie Wonder. Sure. And if I don't pick one of those right now, I'm worried that you won't, and then we won't get... I'm sure you will. So I, I feel okay. I need to play Sir Duke.
1: was on my list also okay good how could you not play sir duke right and i don't think we should hold it against stevie wonder that you can't go to a wedding without hearing this song (laughs) it's testament to the fact that it's good music
0: i have a personal relationship with this song and it's not Necessarily one of my favorite songs, but I like it because it keeps me humble. When I was in boarding school with your your crazy brother, I was widely considered to be the best guitarist in the school. The problem everyone thought that. I'd say most people thought that. Most people stopped, thought that. If you stopped
1: a kid in the hallway and said, Who's the best guitarist? they would say yeah. Waldron. Okay. I think so. All
0: right. But. There was a kid in the school that was actually a good guitarist.
1: Did he did you guys have did did you guys have like beef? Did he hate you because everyone thought you were better no. and he was actually better? No,
0: no, no. Because he was he was busy trying to be a real guitarist, actual guitarist. He could read stuff. Right. He was like playing guitar, you know, he took guitar lessons at the school and he was really quite good. Yeah. And I didn't realize how good he was until he stood up one time in a some sort of performance in front of the whole school and then played on his badass-looking black Les Paul. Note for note, that um, horn solo section in the middle of this thing with all the oh, trills wow. and the... Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's what actually being good is, and what I am is good in the opinion of people who don't know any better. <laughs> right? And so, it was a, a little bit of a humbling experience. You still picked the song. I picked it because it's... It's an important song for me to realize, you know, this part. He played it note for note. That's impressive. Especially this part. And then he played the chord at the end, too.
1: Yeah, so good. It's a great it's a great song
0: and that's not even the worst of it I think this other guy might also have been a better guitarist than me, but I just had better PR
1: So you were actually the third best guitarist.
0: I might have only been the third best guitarist in that school right um, at the time And maybe I got better than them later, but that, I, I don't know, but um, You should find out I think they probably knew Why does this guy why does everyone think Waldron is so good at guitar? <laughs>
1: Well, it's a, great, it's a great pick. It's a great pick.
0: So it's an important song for me. Keeps me humble and realizing the difference between talent and PR, marketing and reality.
1: Well, Superstition would be my next pick.
0: Okay, you're going to Superstition. Should we play the version that everybody knows that's on Talking Book? Or should we watch together Stevie Wonder's appearance on Sesame Street? Very He played Superstition in the 70s for all the kids in Sesame Street with his badass crew of musicians. I, I didn't know he... had bongos he'd... and horns and everything. It was amazing. I'll include a link to it in the show notes on the website. Well, this album came
1: out the year I was born. So if he was doing uh, Sesame Street around that time, I probably was not yet watching Sesame Street.
0: I recommend everybody watch it because it's got that... It's got that Stevie Wonder head back and forth business yeah, going yeah. on and he's got the glasses on and all of his band looks so badass and 70s looking they're so cool. He's got a horn section happening, percussionist. And then this song also features the clavinet. We talk about the Rhodes piano a lot around here, the Fender Rhodes. Well, the Honer clavinet is another electromechanical keyboard. This time it's a um instead of hitting an electric tine with a hammer, it hits a string. So oh. you get that funky... Yeah, that you yeah. Me me
1: you don't want song. This is Stevie at his peak funk. And again, if I was DJing at a wedding right now, I, I would play this song. Everything about it is great.
0: Could it get more funky? No,
1: you can't get more funky.
0: I think it can, and we maybe will get more funky later. I don't know. Right,
1: I have a pop quiz for you.
0: So this came out in
1: 1972. Okay. On the album Talking Book. Yeah. How many albums had he released by the time this came out?
0: I know that it's a lot because I've been browsing around the online streaming service that shall not be named. I'm going to guess eight or nine. You would think that would be a lot. It was his
1: 15th album. in 1972 anyway the song is ridiculously funky I don't believe you're gonna add more funk to this funk but maybe you will
0: (laughs) I love that clavinet like musicians who know the clavinet know that this is the flagship song for the clavinet
1: if I'm just gonna be totally honest with you I have no idea what a clavinet is it sounds like a made up instrument to me
0: Imagine a like a smallish keyboard looks kind of like a synth on on legs and underneath the works of it When you hit the keys instead of a like hammer with a felt tip hitting a string in the piano It's a rubber thing that hits a string and the strings are all of the strings are miked like a like a guitar pick with pickups Yeah. Yeah, and so it gives it a very funky electric sound And then also like Mostly people who play the clav do it with a wah wah pedal also. Yeah. To give it that
1: extra funk layer. Yeah. Well, whatever he's doing it's working
0: for me. So tactile. Good call. It's it is on my list. It's in my list in a group of songs that I call badass funk songs.
1: Sure. Belongs on that list. There are
0: 3 of those that I can go to. I'm worried
1: about your I'm worried about your topic.
0: Well, I don't think you should be worried. Because it's also coming from the Badass Funk Songs list of... I've got three of them. And uh, the one that I am going to call his very best is in that category. And it is funkier to me than Superstition. It's called Maybe Your Baby. Interesting. Now listen to the wah wah (laughs) effect on the bass, man. That's got touch wah. It's not a wah-wah pedal. Yeah, that's got some funk to it. The, the wah-wah sound on the bass is, I think it's a touch wah, where the louder the sound of the input, the more high end you get, and the more it fades out, it mutes the high end. All right. And this is the same instrument that gives uh, Jerry Garcia that ah. sound that he gets, you know. Cool.
1: That's a cool pick.
0: I don't know this song. I feel like the world is turning on me My dreams turn out just right in front of my face Well, it's on Talking Book also, yeah. and I think of it as being still funkier than yeah. Superstition. And in addition, there's a, a calm section when he does the chorus right here.
1: Maybe your baby done made some good.
0: some different harmony. It's really good. And then you get like an acid guitar solo.
1: This is really cool
0: there's also a section in here where i'm pretty sure he's using a an effect on his voice that i think is octaving his voice a little bit but you're also getting his normal voice so it gives it a, a sort of little baby effect without losing like the pitch of it you know and it's very uh very cool
1: it really is i love it in your baby. look up after I'm curious if anyone has sampled this it just feels like it feels ripe for being sampled another song which we're not gonna get to that was on my list with this was hey love and uh, hey love was sampled just thinking back to one of the last episodes we recorded together Hey, Love was sampled by De La Soul on their second album um, really effectively. But Hey, Love is a great song in and of itself.
0: You hear the voice effect?
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really dope. Good pick.
0: If it were up to me, that would be his very best song. Also, it goes on for almost seven minutes, so that's fantastic. But I don't get to pick their very best. Now, hold on. You don't. You don't get to pick their very best yet either, because it's time for the call for help. Oh, okay. Do you know what the call for help is? I have no idea what the call for help Well, you're supposed to know, Tim, because... Well, aren't there like prep notes or something like that? Do you remember when I sent an, a text message to you saying, hey, sign up mm-hmm. for, to get an email whenever we're going to record an episode. Mm-hmm. You can call a phone number and leave a voicemail. Right, right. Right, that's the call right. for help. And you didn't right. sign up for it. Right.
1: <laughs> I will. I'll do that.
0: <laughs> well, my brother-in-law down in Wilmington, North Carolina, yeah. Peter Newman, did leave a, a message Damn with me. a pick for a Stevie Wonder song. Now, I'm, I'm a little worried because what if the call for help is your pick for their very best song?
1: I'm going to be pissed. And then me and Peter are going to have a
0: conversation about it. All right. Well, let me just play yeah. this real quick. Hey guys, this is Peter Newman calling from Wilmington, North Carolina. My favorite Stevie Wonder track has got to be "All Day Sucker" from the "Songs in the Key of Life" album. Um, I think it's the funkiest song that Stevie's ever done. That's false. <laughs> Almost sounds like something from Parliament Funkadelic, or you know, Bootsy Collins at the uh, intro. Uh, thanks, guys. Bye. So, uh, All Day Sucker, not your pick?
1: No, not my pick. No, nope, he can have it.
0: I hear what he's saying about the P-Funk thing, and there were a couple of other songs sort of in the later 70s period where I thought, this is sounding a little bit P-Funk to me. Yeah. And it's a cool, it's a cool song and a good pick, and I'm glad uh, Peter Newman called in with, answered the call for help.
1: Yeah, it's great. There's some other songs we're not going to talk about that we should have talked about. I'll
0: tell you what, we can do a uh, we can do a face-off. Maybe this is the fight that you've w- always wanted to have. We could do a quick face-off of some of the ones that we didn't have time to get to.
1: Okay, great. I go first, though. How did we not talk about... And I'm not talking... It's not my number one pick, so how do we not talk about Higher Ground?
0: Higher Ground was the third of the badass funky songs, and I'll likely use it for the... Um, Either the intro or the outro. I mean, you
1: you got you got your clavinet all up in here.
0: Yeah, okay, but but what about "I Wish"? That's got the Earth, Wind, and Fire vibe. Do you know that one? Oh, sure. That songs in the Key of Life. Back on
1: when I was a yeah, this is very Earth, Wind, and Fire. What do you have? Um, A Place in the Sun. That's a great song. Like a long, lonely stream Which album? That's early Stevie, that's uh, from Down to Earth in 66
0: Moving on Moving on
1: Don't You Worry About a Thing That's Inner Visions in 73 Don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing, mama Cause I'll be standing on the side When
0: you check it out There were two that I had. One is called... It's called Master Blaster. It's that reggae one. It's unlike me, usually, to go past 1980 or into the 80s, very far. Yeah. But sometimes if you can power your way through that and get past the 80s, maybe even into the 21st century... In 2005, he released his last sort of studio album, and it's called A Time to Love, and people didn't love it. (laughs) It was not A Time to Love, the album. It was, you know... Critics thought, oh, he's just rehashing old material. Uh, Fans thought, there's nothing new here, so you can't win. But there's a song on here that I kind of liked called So What the Fuss. Sure, I remember that song. You know that song? Yeah, I do. Now this... Sounds P-funk to me. It feels like a Coolio song to me. It's got Prince on the guitar. It's funky.
1: There's no way around it.
0: And En Vogue in the backup vocals. Oh, I didn't know En Vogue, did I? Yeah, I like this song.
1: I'm actually surprised you like this song, even though I know you're a funk guy. All right, Tim. All right, so I'm... All right. The number one. The best Stevie Wonder song.
0: I can't imagine what it is now, because we've already gone through every song.
1: How did you not pick For Once in My Life? From, I think it's called For Once in My Life or For Once in My Lifetime 1968. He didn't write the vocals, this is a remake, but this to me is like, hands down my favorite Stevie Wonder record. Really? Yeah.
0: It's interesting, you've gravitated towards early like the 60s stevie and yes i could have been very happy staying in the 70s stevie wonder the whole time
1: i'm a 60s stevie guy yeah but yeah this song to me like is just i have like eight different playlists with this song on it This, when this song was first recorded, it was like a ballad, not by Stevie Wonder. This is one of those records that like Motown owned, and therefore, right, everyone recorded their version of it. But I think the first one that came out was a ballad. But this up-tempo version, to me, is just quintessential Stevie Wonder, and and would go as my absolute his very best. What's it like?
0: that's great, Tim. And you know, I love it when you get some Stevie wonder harmonica. Yeah. You're a big fan. He's playing the chromatic harmonica, which is much more difficult than the tuned harmonica. It's got every note on the piano, including the black ones. Whereas a standard (laughs) harmonica only gives you some of the white keys. It, It, it gives you that same effect in different keys, but but you need a different harmonica. That's why that guy from Traveling Wilburys always had like a bandolier with 25 different harmonicas yeah, yeah, because there's yeah. different. You need different ones for different keys, unless you're Stevie Wonder and you have one harmonica that's got a a bar that changes the into the sharps and flats for you.
1: This is hot. you can't take it.
0: Okay, here's a quiz for you real quick. Sure. On a streaming platform, a music streaming platform that we frequently use, Superstition is the most frequently played song. And I know that it is by a wide margin because the one that's on Intervision has several hundred million plays, as well as the one on the Greatest Hits album has 500 million plays. Yes. What is the next most frequently played song by Stevie Wonder on that streaming platform. Did we not talk about this? We did not.
1: We didn't, you're right. <laughs> and that's honestly, that's a little bit criminal. And put, put this on at the wedding.
0: Tim, how much of the wedding DJing do you think you could get done with just Stevie Wonder songs? Probably... 30 a good 30 minutes worth I'm oh absolutely
1: Ooh, yeah, I'm I'm
0: so Tim it's I think very strongly decided by you what the best Stevie Wonder song is yes you made the call for uh, for Once in My Life what do you think best Stevie Wonder album
1: honestly dude I'm struggling with this Oh, well, I'm not I want to say Inner Visions but I don't I don't think you agree with that
0: it doesn't matter what I what I like. I do think that Intervisions has great stuff. Talking Book is my favorite. It's got yeah. the most funky stuff. It's also got You Are the Sunshine of My Life if you want something a little more mainstream.
1: I think his best song is For Once in My Life, and I think the best album is Intervisions.
0: Okay, good. So people need to get in touch. I'm not going to go through all the socials. They should just go to the website, theirverybest.com, and they should send email contact at theirverybest.com. Just go to the website. The website's great. Tim's there all the time. And Tim, thank you so much again for doing another episode. I think you're up to like eight now.
1: Am I, the, am I the winner? Am I the most? Like, has anyone done more than me?
0: I don't know if anyone else has done more than one Yeah.
1: Do I get like a prize? Like a t-shirt?
0: Do you remember in SNL when they had like the, the five-time host club and it was like Steve Martin and Martin Short and a bunch of other yeah. people and they all had their own jacket and their own club? Yeah. We're going to have a club like that for people who have hosted five or more times. I'm already in that club. Yeah, you're the only one in it right now, so it's going to be a lonely club. So,
1: okay, but I get a jacket, is what you're
0: saying. You get a jacket.
1: Great, awesome.
0: It makes it all worth it. <laughs> We're going to do more of these episodes, so watch out! Yeah. We'll be back again soon with more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Waldron. Thanks for listening to Their Very Best.